Welcome to the Wild Grand Rapids message of the week. We hope you're encouraged, strengthened, and experienced the presence of God through this message by Apostle Kathy L. Ali. Wow, that is amazing. Yes, you should give it a hand clap. For those of you who don't know me, if it's your first time here, my name is Kathy L. Ali. I'm the senior pastor of The Well. We're happy to have you with us. Um, that is a great program, uh, Kids Hope. If you aren't um, a part of it, and if that tugged on your heart at all, um, there is a table upstairs. Um, after the service, you can visit it and maybe get more information on it and um, become a mentor. And if you say, well, I just don't have time to be a mentor for some reason, if you don't have an hour a week, um, it's just an hour, it's 60 minutes, um, you can become a prayer partner as well. So there's other things that uh, you can do to be a part of it. It really can change and transform an individual's life. It is just such an honor and a blessing that we get to be a part of that ministry. So you'll want to visit that table. Um, happy Mother's Day, everybody, because everybody has a mom. So happy Mother's Day to all. We're going to talk again about, um, I don't even think I mentioned the word last, uh, last time, but witness. And um, when you think about being a witness, that can seem like such a burden. Like, how do I become an effective witness? And um, it sounds like we have to keep all these lists of to-dos in order to be uh, effective and in order for our light to shine and all the things that we like to say. But it's really not how we become a great witness. It's not by our works. It's not how good we look. It's not how successful that we believe that we are. Sometimes it's just how well we get up after we've fallen. Um, that can be one of the greatest witnesses to the people that are around us. Um, and I'm going to talk to you today about the armor of God. So if you would turn your Bibles to Ephesians 6, which is so interesting because of the scripture that was prayed over me. We're going to go to verse 10. She saw my notes. <laughs> Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate, uh, breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and the helmet of salvation, in the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So I'm going to talk to you about that this morning, about the importance of um, really what we have. I'm going to use this as a metaphor when we look at the, at the armor of God, because we're in the, on a battlefield, the battlefield of life, and uh, it's not easy. And so we need to have the armor of God. And whether we realize it or not, we're putting on armor every day. We just have to decide whose armor we're putting on. Because I think that if we don't actually become aware of the type of armor that we put on, it may actually be part of the problems that we're going through. 
because we're not aware the fact that we are putting on armor. We're putting on the, the need for people to accept us. We're putting on the need uh, for all of the affirmations or the, um, the praises of man, or we're putting on armor of like, you know, I have, to, I have to be righteous. I have to do this. I have to do that. So I want to talk to you about this this morning. So there's all these different things about the armor of God. We know it's given by God. It's created by God. And there are six pieces, and we can actually say that there's six like different gifts of the of God's grace, and it helps us get through all the ups and downs and the twists of life. Um, so we're going to talk about the belt of truth. There's a longing, when we think about the belt of truth, there's a longing for certainty of who we are and what we stand for, what's true and what's not. We want to know what we can bank on. None of us want to live our lives feeling unsteady. So we put on this belt of truth to get rid of this uncertainty. Because all of us want to have a steady ground, steady lives that we're going to have. We want to be anchored. We don't want to be tossed to and fro. We want to be tethered to something that is actually um, solid, that we don't, we don't feel like we're being tossed to and fro with everything. And so you have that belt of truth to keep us from doing that. And we also have to understand that we're not defined by what we do or what we fail to do. That doesn't define who we are. We're not defined by our successes or our failures. We're defined by God's love. His love is perfect, and that's what defines us. It's not how good you are, and that's the truth of the word of God. Because life is not easy, and there is a battlefield out there. And so when we constantly measure our success by the standard of the world's success, we're always going to fall short. So when we put the truth of the word of God, the only thing that we have to be measured by is his love. And we have his love because he's given us his love. He's given us his kindness so we can be kind. He's given us his grace so that we can continue to walk in this light. So then we put on the breastplate of righteousness. This speaks for our longing for approval. Our righteousness is based on the simple fact that God is the one who made things right between us and him. Every day, we're looking for approval. Whether we realize it or not, we try to work harder, be more successful, sell more, do more, be more, and we're looking for approval. But when we put on this breastplate of righteousness, we have God's approval, that we no longer have to seek after man's approval because we understand that our righteousness and who we are, our right standing, everything that we do, it comes from him. And so that need for the affirmation of man, that need and that longing for acceptance goes away when we understand who we are and whose we are, that our righteousness is never going to be based on our works. It's never going to be based on how much we do, how much, how, if you're a salesperson, how much you sell. It's not ever going to be based on the approval or the acceptance of the people that you work for, of your spouse, of your friends, of your mother, your father. It's never going to be based on that. It's always based on who Jesus Christ is. He's already finished it. It's already done. So our approval is only based on what he has already said. And he said, it is finished. That's a banner that we should live under. That throughout our life, we live under that banner that it is finished. And that's the revelation of the breastplate of righteousness, that our righteousness does, doesn't come from our works. 
It does not come from how much you have in your bank account. It doesn't come from whether or not you were so successful that your mother or your father are, are just so proud of you. It doesn't come from that. It actually only can come from him. And it brings such a carefree, like that burden that just gets lifted off because you no longer have to seek after the approval of man. So we look at the shoes of the gospel, and we saw those cute little shoes. I love shoes. The girls, they come in my closet, and I think it was Macy. She's like, Mimi, wow. She's looking at all of my shoes, and she was like, this is amazing. You have so many pairs of shoes. And then Abigail goes, and they're almost... Actually, I think they're all high heels. How come you always wear high heels, Mimi? <laughs> I said, because I'm short. <laughs> but I don't think she understood that. To her, she was like, so? <laughs> yeah, so am I. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. All right, shoes of the gospel. Back to the shoes. So when we think about the shoes, when we think about the gospel being in our feet, it leads and guides and directs us. Remember, this is a metaphor of life. So we're living on this battlefield of life, and we're putting on the armor of God piece by piece, but yet it's really only one, th one thing. We look at it and we piece it. There are six different pieces, but it's really like looking at, a facet, at the different facets of a diamond. We want to try to put them all out here separately, but it really aren't. They're all parts of God's grace. And so when you look at a diamond and you're looking and you're seeing all the different angles and perspectives of it, and that's what we're doing when we look at the armor of God. It's actually one thing, and you're going to see um, at the end, I'll tie this all together, what we're really actually talking about, and it's so amazing and so beautiful. So when we look at the, the gospel of, that we carry in our feet, it leads us, it guides us, it directs us, and we long to understand where we're going in life. We long to know where we're leading, how do we navigate throughout this life. It's a longing that every human being has. It's like, how do I get from point A to point B? What's my purpose in life? What am I actually here for? What are the gifts that I have? What is it that I'm, I would be good at? There's a longing and a need throughout humanity to know how to get to where we need to go. So when you put this gospel of peace, the gospel of the, of the word of God on your feet, and you have an understanding and a revelation of who Jesus Christ is and all that he has provided, it leads, guides, and directs your steps. Where that, lead, that, that need to understand and how to navigate starts to go away because he's the one that directs your steps. Yesterday I had some things happen that they're too personal to share. But I have been praying and praying. How many of you pray and pray and pray? And sometimes you're going like, I don't know, is my line like something going on here? I mean, hello. I know I paid my bill. I did tithe. Not that you have to pay God off. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, he paid the bill. He did pay the bill. But when you pray over and over about something, why am I doing this? Like I'm praying. When I, this is how I pray, you guys, just so you know. I always hand my hand up. And nothing happens. And it can be very discouraging because I'm like, okay, I've prayed and prayed and prayed about this, and it seems like nothing's changing. Well, there's a great song by Garth Brooks that says, I thank God for unanswered prayers because he had prayed and asked God to, um, he wanted to marry his high school sweetheart. 
and he couldn't imagine marrying anybody else. And he wound up not marrying her, married somebody else, saw her at a different, like years, years later with his wife. And when he saw her and he had a conversation with her, he looked at his wife and he was like, I am so thankful for unanswered prayers. So we don't always know why God doesn't answer prayers the way that we want him to, but they're actually still being answered. So yesterday I had a couple of events that took place through um, just conversations with people, and I knew it was God's way of answering my prayers. Not the way I wanted them, not exactly how I wanted to go down, but it's still God answering prayers. And so that's what gives me my peace in life. I have to remind myself that he's the one that really is navigating. So when we put on that gospel in our feet and we say, okay, God, in the battle of life, I know that you're the one that's navigating. I know that I can trust you, even though I don't understand it completely. I am going to put my life into your hands. Because if I can believe him for my salvation, then certainly I can believe him for this life and what we're doing here. Right? We have to trust the process. And sometimes the process doesn't look exactly the way that we want it to, but it's still a process. (laughs) That means it's still happening. (laughs) We're not there yet. So we're going to live under this banner, it is finished. And when you live underneath that banner, then everything, everything becomes so much simpler. And all of the frustrations of life, all of the anxieties, all of the hopelessness, all of the despair, I have felt all of this, I think so strong over the last several weeks, where I was just like, I just felt like, oh, this burden and this heaviness. I'm like, I need a vacation. And the funny thing is about a vacation, when you get home, you need a vacation from the vacation. And so there's really never enough. It's like you can never have enough time away or anything. And it's why is that? It's because we're needing a vacation for the wrong reason. Because we're actually not abiding in the presence of God. So then we pick up our shield of faith. It's our longing Remember, we're talking metaphorically. We're looking at the battle of life, and we see this shield of faith is really a longing for protection. We want to be protected. There's something about being protected from, we're keeping ourselves from all of the, the things that, may, may, that we may fear the most. So it's one of our, if one of our greatest fears is rejection, you're going to be looking for acceptance to save you. If you are really fearful of people rejecting you, then you're going to be really, really, really seeking after the acceptance and the affirmation of man. And it's a snare. If, you're, if you fear losing, you will always strive to win. And you look and you'll, you'll, it doesn't matter who's in your way, you're going to do everything you can to win. Because somehow you find your security, your protection in winning. If it's uncertainty, you'll depend on being in control of your life. Because nobody likes uncertainty. And you think, well, I wonder if that's me. I wonder if I really have a fear of uncertainty. If you say this to yourself, I've always done it this way. Even if it isn't right, I'm not about to change. Well, change always brings uncertainty. So you're not going to want to change 
because your greatest fear is uncertainty. And so if there's uncertainty, then you're just going to stop. You're going to go right back in to the circle that you're in, and you're going to make the same mistakes over and over again, but you're going to be in control of them. But when we actually say, God, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to put on this shield of faith. I've got my feet prepared with the gospel. You're going to navigate me. You're going to, you're going to show me the way. I'm going to keep my faith shield up. And I'm going to trust the process. I'm not going to allow the fear of any of these things, uncertainty, insecurities, the fear of losing, the fear of failure. If, failure, if you have a fear of failure, then your accomplishments in life are going to be the only thing that brings you peace. What have you accomplished? And if, you're, if fear of failure is, 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 is so much in the forefront, then you're going to want to do more, be more, become more, and it'll be the one thing, it becomes your idol and your God. Because I can't fail. So I have to accomplish more and more and more. But when we actually believe that everything that we have has already been accomplished, remember, under the banner of it is finished, then we can put on a, a shield of faith and we can trust God in the process that no matter what we're going through, that he's going to navigate our life, that he's the one that's going to bring us peace. He is the prince of peace. That we can't, get, we can't find this peace by trying to control and manipulate our circumstances so that we know that it's going to come, it's going to, we're going to have the outcome that we so desire. Take the hands off the wheel. Pick up the shield of faith and say, God, I have to trust the process. I always wonder, and I say to myself, Kathy, why are you so afraid? Why can you believe for your salvation, but you can't believe for your life? I like this. This faith has the power to protect you. It spares you from having to depend on lesser things to give you what only God can give you. So put on the helmet of salvation. It speaks to our deep longing to be rescued, our mind, from meaningless hopelessness, the fear of missing out, FOMO. How many of you ever had FOMO? Big time FOMO. We want to be saved from our insecurities, our shame, our regret. God says... You're mine now. All of the shame, all the mistakes, all the regret, all the things that we've done wrong, all the failures, he says, you're mine. I saved you. I restored you. I redeemed you. I've got you. You're safe with me. I'm the light behind every darkness you'll ever face. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm a sure thing. I'm your deliverer. You don't have to look to anyone else to be that for you. Your guilt died with me. I am for you. Come to me. I'll rescue you. When you're tired of doing it all alone, come to me. When you're tired, when you're tired of your own strength, come to me. When you're tired of depending upon what you think you can do, come to me. I am your everything. I call you a winner because I'm the one that won. That's what he says. I call you righteous because he was righteous. 
he did it. So he calls us righteous. Our righteousness is not based on what we've done. It's based on what he had already accomplished on the cross. He became the righteousness for us. So when we're trying so hard to be a witness, we're trying so hard to walk exactly right, we're trying so hard to not sin, we're trying so hard to be perfect, we're trying so hard to be successful, to look good, to look better than the person that's next to us, all of that, nothing that you can ever do is ever, 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 ever going to be able to measure up to the righteousness of God. Never. Good thing, because you are righteous because he gave it to you. So we put up this sword of the spirit in this battlefield of life. It's God's word to us. There's a word of the law and there's a word of the gospel. The law exposes us. It says, be perfect for I am perfect. The gospel says this. You can't be perfect. So I was perfect for you. So that which was perfect came. And his perfection became your perfection. The law says, be perfect for I am perfect. We look at ourselves and we go, well, I'm not perfect. I can't be perfect. So the perfect one came and took our place. And now you became perfect. Oh, that's so good. God's word was intended to flatten us out as we ran right into the wall of it. There's no way you could be perfect. I always read that scripture. I'm like, be holy for I am holy. I'm like, wow, I am whew, not happening today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> Already screwed that one up. 930 in the morning. <laughs> but we're holy because he's holy. Oh, it's so good. So we have the sword of the spirit, which is the God's word. I like this. God's word came to us through a word of diagnosis and a word of deliverance. We have the law which diagnosed our condition. The gospel gave us the deliverance. That's why it's so important to abide under the grace of God. So we see all these different facets of the armor of God. All it does is it speaks to who Jesus is. The armor is Jesus we put on Christ. So we can do it like step by step religiously. I used to do that. I used to stand. And, okay, how many of you have done that, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, the belt of truth. I've got the breastplate of righteousness, shod my feet with the gospel of peace. So I'm putting all these individual pieces on when God really is saying, the armor that you have need of is Jesus Christ. So put on Christ. And the revelation of living under the banner of it is finished will give you so much peace and a kick in your step and joy in your heart. No more striving. No more striving. You know, there's such a... As man, we're deprived. 
total, total, total depravity. There's nothing good in us without Christ. Not utter depravity. Utter depravity would mean that we're like everything ugly is who we actually are. That's not who we are. But without God, we are in total depravity. But with him, we're complete. Amen? Amen. So what are we going to do this week? We're going to put on Christ. We're going to be aware of the fact that I don't have to try to please man. I don't have to control my life. I don't have to like seek after success and be better than the other person. I'm taking um, coaching classes, as you guys know. I'm in, I'm in school probably till the end of the year, hopefully. In Jesus' name, that's it. Um, and there is such a pressure to be the best coach. You know, so I'm a peer coach to a, one of my peer people. And then I have a, I'm a client to one of my other peers. And it's like, I listen to her and I'm like, oh my gosh, she's so good. I don't think I'm that good. And so right away it starts. You already start comparing yourself. And then you have your peer group meetings and you're like talking about the different things. And you're, they're saying things. I'm like, I never thought of that. Shoot, how come I didn't think of that? And then you go, like, where'd you get that from? Oh, I just came up. Oh, you didn't read that somewhere? No, and I was like, shoot, they actually just had it in them. And so then I'm thinking, am I ever going to be like that? And so you're comparing, comparing, comparing. And we do it all the time. What am I doing? I'm putting on my armor. I'm putting on my armor without realizing it. It's an armor of insecurity. It's an armor of inferiority. And then what happens, I have to strive for success and approval in order to feel safe. If your life feels uncertain, if your children in your life make you feel uncertain, <laughs> yes, take your hands off the wheel. The best thing you can do is to let go of control. It's the hardest thing to do. It really, at the end of the day, is the only thing to do. So just pick up your shield of faith and let go of control. And be honest with yourself. Because that's where it starts. Father, forgive me, forgive us for the times that we put on armor that uh, it's just not helpful. It doesn't protect us at all. All it does is wear us out. We give our lives to you wholeheartedly. If that's you and you say, God, I want to do that today, just stand to your feet. I want to give my life to you. I'm putting on this shield of faith of all the other pieces of the armor. And you know what? I'm just putting on Christ. And I'm going to trust you, God. And it's not easy. It's not easy. There's many times I find myself throughout this week putting down my shield of faith. But the good thing is, God, you're going to help me put it back on. That we can trust you. That you fashioned all of our days for us. They're already written. And you have a plan. So we thank you for some of these unanswered prayers, at least not being answered the way that we wanted them to. But yet they're being answered. Thank you, God, for your grace 
that we can be effective witnesses to the people that are around us, not because of our own righteousness, because you made us righteous. So we're so grateful to you today. And we say we will live under the banner of it is finished. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you were impacted by this message. For more information about the Well Grand Rapids, please visit our website at www.thewellgr.com.